Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency me up, in their you lives. Fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. I'll tell you what, Marcus. I will tell you what. I have done just about every sport a human being can do, right? I've tried it ever. I tried all, except I haven't done that badass thing in Afghanistan where they run around, they ride around with the dead sheep and throw it in the in the, in the circle. You know what I want? I'm uh, talking about you. Yeah, try you, that tribal game. Yeah, that's old as old as the it's days. like two thousand, yeah. three thousand years old. I've never done that one, but I've done almost every other one. And you know what brings me to my knees? You know what the sport that actually makes me crumble down to my knees in the fetal position, sucking my thumb and OBE, overcome by events, condition black. Mm. You know what it is? Is it the wheel of cheese chase? <laughs> More of that to come. Oh, my God. I hope that comes out. I, no, it's not the wheel it's of the cheese chase. It's not, it, it's not swimming. It's not running. It's biking. Biking. Bro, I got to tell you, it, it's one of the most brutal things in the planet. And now, you know how I know this? I'm going to tell you how I know this. All right? Mm-hmm. So when I was, got out of teams, I was engaged in this wonderful, wonderful girl for a little bit of time. And she was like a professional biker. I mean, she was amazing. So mm. in turn, guess what I had to do? Mm. I had to bike. So sure, the first yeah. thing she ever got me was one of them Trek Postal Service bikes, dude. And like the first month or two, I'm back out of the teams, back in, in Florida. She's like, hey, we're going to go for a ride this 
you know, this weekend with, with the whole local bike shop and all that. I'm like, yeah, check Roger. I'm Absolutely. in. I'm in, man. I, what, it's biking. It's, it's easy, biking, it's wizard. Biking. It's been biking. doing that since I was like four. Right? It's the easiest yeah. thing on a friggin' planet. We rode from Boca Raton <laughs> to Palm Beach and back. It's like, I don't even know. It's like 60-some mile ride, right? By the time we had gotten to Palm Beach, <laughs> I literally was shaking, like shaking, like shaking in my core. We turned around and got, got back, hit Lake Worth. I had to pull over, drop, roll off the bike because I couldn't get those damn clips out, right? I've fallen on my ass. <laughs> Literally on my ass. Just go to a stop. Oh, over. right over the side in the grass. Thank God. And I'm sitting there like, ah, because my whole body cramped, my calves, my feet, my legs. And I'm literally shaking. She gets off the bike. Meanwhile, the whole, what do you call it? The Peloton. The Peloton. The Peloton, whatever that is, is sitting there like looking back at me because they all knew I'm a, I'm a frog man, right? And they're all like, what the? And she gets off, comes over, stands up above me. And she goes, Get your ass up. You are embarrassing me. Right. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Bank you. Right. I can't move. Get help. Call the paramedics. Bro. Oh, man. My first bike story is kind of some of that, too, because I, uh, I love watching the Tour de France. And I've come to realize that if you're that good, you really love that bike, right? I mean, that, that's, that's a real thing. I mean... <laughs> I'd come out of Danny's one night, just pretty liquored up, and somehow walked into Holland Bikes. Yeah, right and the there. Dude, I mean, that chick that works in there rolled me up. Uh, <laughs> like, you, have you ever ridden before? I was like, absolutely. You know what Frogman curse is? It's, it's we think we can do anything. I was anything, like, I, dude. I ain't ride a damn bike. Give me that. Give me them big skis. Over, you know that kind of deal. <laughs> Man, I, it was custom made and measured, and you know, specialized with matching clip-on shoes. And uh, <laughs> rolled me up, man. I mean, I paid you. for everything. Sure, yeah, like oh, two yeah. grand. Yeah, yeah. The best part of the story is so we get finally get to the team, and one of the I forget who it was, man, it was a heavy rider. Like he's like, "Hey, Latrell, I like your bike, man. You know, That's you right. ready to go for a ride?" And, and check it. So when you're riding those kind of bikes, you if you're not in the specific garb, the uniform of the day, you look like an idiot, right? <laughs> you know what? You, you know how you look like an idiot. Check it Silkies. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I had all that going with the helmet and all that, and and was clipped in, and we had come up this hill, and I had never clipped out with those shoes before. <laughs> and I'm in that in that garb, and you only look like an idiot in the garb when you don't know what you're doing. And we're at this hill, dude, and I fall over into this cattle, is this old, this old Cadillac with, with this old lady <laughs> driving it, and she took off. Well, I was laying on the side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was trying to break in. I, was, I kept falling into it, trying to I couldn't clip out, dude. And I had that ridiculous outfit on, man. And, uh, and, I, and I fell into the street, man. I, and my foot came out, thank God. So check it. We, we finally get back. And uh, I had one of the, I had a grinder reminder, but mid level. I never had one before. You know, you, you don't have the right saddle. Oh. You know oh. If you never put that part of yourself. Ah! In, in training before and you know the, our grinder reminder that whole backside we can't feel anything except for that spot bro Man, that's where i was like you really have to love this job to sit in that saddle dude, there are stories oh. about dudes becoming not they can't have sterile. kids sterile because they ride their bikes so much bro right. so you know, I, uh, I got that right before we went on deployment and i had it <laughs> in the team 
under the stairs, right? Yeah. And I come back off deployment and it's gone. Somebody needed it more than I did. But anyways, <laughs> when I, I was going to kind of file a claim for it, I never, and the Navy said it wasn't in a secured area because I didn't have it chained. I was like, it's behind two coded right, entry, right. entry level, high security <laughs> gates and a, two passcodes and yeah. under our stairs at a SEAL team, the most secure position on the planet. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't have a buddy. That's because one of your buddies took it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're laughing right now. They still got it. Sure. Yeah. Did oh, you a favor. Oh, totally. got it, man. Thank you for saying that Did right there. Yeah. Thank you. I actually walked up into the uh, into admin and got on the one MC. I was like, "Good, uh, whoever took my buddy." <laughs> <laughs> so then you knew I was definitely not getting it back, right? Ever, dude. <laughs> Ever. So that's Ever. my bike story. That I tell you what. In all kidding aside, you if if you've ever done it or you doing it you've done triathlons you've done whatever you've gotten on that bike in a road race man hats off to you because that endurance sport in oh, my mind is triathlon the triathletes it, too man it, you know morgan all and jt I, they're not done at the end of the day being a frogman that was hard for me yeah right? and then they want to get out and go ride 500 miles on a bicycle yeah let's hey dude jump back in the water yeah let's go ride 200 miles on a nah, nah. i don't want to do that Medics don't do that. No, you know we gotta, exactly. We got to go exercise our Pace brain. Ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> we got to make sure we're calm at all times. That's what you call it. That is totally what calm they at call. all times. I've sewed more of our guys up in the bars and and, and stupid stuff like that. Hands down. That's awesome. Oh uh, well, listen. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with. Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and the man behind making this whole shenanigan come together, the wizard. <laughs> hey, we going to get him a hat? Mm-hmm. We got to get him. Don't waste your money. Pay oh, no dude, attention to the man behind it. the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Could we get you like, which hat would you wear if we got it for you? Probably the one on my head. Oh, I've already bro, got that one. Come on, dude. You got to jump into the character. This? This Forever, is new. Right? This is new. It is new. I nine it. inch, right? He makes most of his hats. Uh, nine inch nails, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. Be, Trent Rezzer, if you're listening, we want you on the show, bud. God bless yeah, you. Yeah, Trent, you out there? <laughs> we need you on the show. <laughs> you can call me anytime. Well, welcome to the <laughs> Team Never Quit podcast. We're, we're so unbelievably honored and privileged to have this show, to be out there, to be having the insane success we are because of... Our listeners, man, if you're a repeat customer for us, thank you so much. We're so incredibly blessed that you keep coming back and that you share the the show with your friends and family and all those people that you know that might be in their never quit moment right now, because that's our mission, man. Continue serving this country, this great world we live in with positive content that will help the listener Figure out how to navigate the most difficult obstacles in life, how to overcome adversity, how to how to get down dirty and suck it up buttercup and grin and bear it and make it through to the other side. All right, if this is your first time tuning in, this is your first time listening to the show, have we got a doozy for you, don't we, Marcus? Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk, never quit, man. I mean, this is huge. Going through it right now. We, oh. You're about to bring somebody on here who's going through their never quit story. Literally, like, in the abyss of never quit. A deep you one. can't get much worse. You jumped in the deepest water I ever heard of. 
<laughs> what is that? The Marianas Trench or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's called? Is that the deep? That's where that's okay. where old Lance is I, right I'll now. Wait to hear right? about this one. We're going to get down in there with a sub and start talking to him. But before we mm-hmm. do. That's all right. We speak deep water. You do. I, that's right. I, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bro. We, were, we, were not dumb enough. <laughs> we were not dumb enough to sign up for SPV. <sighs> trying to get bro. out of it. So call <laughs> to me. <laughs> Absolutely the best team for me because I like to hunt more than I like to do the other thing. Hands down, uh, that was the best experience exactly. for you. Yeah, I had to go there. Hands down. Which, and, and that's kind of the theme, for, I bet, for our Every, show today, yeah, right? Uh-huh. If you want to learn life's greatest lessons, you got to learn them the hard way, plain and simple. That is just the way it is, man. And and so having, you know, the incredible Lance Armstrong. Now, I know when I say that, there's going to be, I feel the daggers coming out through the airways, through the Google mm-hmm. itself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that people are going to be a little upset just for the fact that we brought the man on the show. What do you think, Wizard? Are we going to... I, think, a little I think whoever's turned off right this moment, hang in there for a couple more, and we're going to convince you this is worth listening to. I'm a Ooh. big fan of this guy. We all are. I- I'm a massive fan. Regardless of what he's been through before, he's going to have a lot of valuable information to put out. Oh, well, that's not what we I'm do sure here. This that. is the Team Never Quit podcast, right? And there's plenty of other podcasts talk smack, you know, do all that mess. That's not what for we all do. That crap. That's not what yeah. we do. I agree with that stuff. Uh, so here's, before we get into it, Wizard. Mm-hmm. Would you do us? Uh, uh, would you do us and our listeners a favor and give a little brief back on the magnitude of this dude's accomplishments and failures, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> of course, everybody knows. Unless you've been living in a deep, deep dark cave, Lance Armstrong. So let's just. I'm gonna hit some of the broad brush strokes here. He's from Texas. At 13, he took up uh, competitive cycling triathlons triathlons 16 he became a professional triathlete actually then he started to focus on biking which is what he's most known for at 18 first he would join the u.s olympic development team at a training colorado springs now from there up until 1996 he did a lot of winning and i could name all these but you're just gonna get bored it's so amazing but up until 1996 he still hadn't won a tour de france 1996 hits though and this is his first major uh, check with reality. His first never, never quit story here, probably. 1996, he gets diagnosed with testicular cancer. They were in his abdomen, in his lungs. He actually had some in his brain. He went through surgeries, manages to recover from this, Nuts. Comes and comes out of that and becomes the most dominant cyclist in the world. In history. In, in history. Comes out of that. 1998, he wins the, the Tour of Luxembourg. Performs amazingly well. Nobody's expecting this. I mean, he had been dropped from his team when, when this happened. Nobody believed that he was going to be able to pull himself you know, back, do this incredible recovery. 1999, wins the Tour de France for the first time. Does it again in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005. See a day. And then he retires. <laughs> Comes back to competition. Again, in 2008, does a few things and fades away from it. Now, the next big thing, which a lot of people are going to be aware of, is the drug controversy surrounding him, the doping, uh, which was not just him. This was the cycling world at large. At large. During that era. Um, and all- you got to let me read something here once you're done. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we, we have to get into that. But just let me cover how this went down roughly. Um, when I said the beginning of this kind of started in 2001 with the inquiries of this uh, of a sports writer Walsh, Walsh, right? Who started shredding uh, information 
on the drug use in the sport. 2010, a former teammate of Lance's, Floyd Landis, um, he lost his 2006 Tour de France win due to drug use. Doping. 2012, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency eventually charges Armstrong officially. What comes out of that is a lot of denial at first, an eventual conviction of it, and then his admission uh, first came out 2013 on the Oprah Winfrey show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, his denial, though, you don't it, get it any- started early, dude. You don't get anything past Oprah. Oh, he carried that on through... To day one. From day one. Yeah. He maintained the story, maintained the story, mm-hmm. maintained the story. Met, what, was that, what, what was the name of that documentary? That, that It's like, uh, I don't know. I, I forget it, what it is. There's a sick documentary where it really describes the magnitude of his doping, of the team's doping, the, the length of which they went about, the culture of it, and all that. I mean, there, there have been people out there that have said that one guy actually from the United States Drug Administration or whatever, the people that were prosecuted, federal prosecution, that were saying it, his team and the U.S. Postal Team was the most elaborate doping mm-hmm. scandal or most elaborate doping process in sports history. You know, that's a profound statement. Cons- <laughs> yeah, considering here, it, here cons- it is. The evidence, he said, the evidence shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that the U.S. Postal Service Pro Cycling Team ran the most sophisticated, professionalized, and successful doping program the sport has ever seen. That was Travis Tigert, uh, chief executive of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. There are other people that would comment as the biggest doping in scandal in sports history. And, and, you know, what's kind of funny is, man, you look at the Russians right now, it just got kanked from the... <laughs> the Winter Olympics, the Russians all the way back to the 60s, the Chinese, you look at the East Germans, you look, I mean, doping, I mean, hell, look at professional football from as far back, and even now, I I guarantee. Well, you got the baseball as well, right? Right, cortisol, you get steroids in baseball, the Bond story, all that. The reality is, and, and here's the deal, coming from an industry where, the advantage is a life and death situation. And, you know, I, I, I believe there's going to always be something within the human condition when it comes to victory that drives you towards a moral ambiguity. And, and I think the, the requirement for winning as it relates, at least in our world, in terms of, man, if I can be bigger, faster, stronger, and be able to get to my weapon quicker and carry my buddy out longer distance, man, I'm, I'm going to explore what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Now, flip it to the other side, they don't, it's not life and death. Well, for fighters it is, right? I mean, for fighters, for sure. And that's why the UFC's cracking way down on it. In fact, the guy who did the investigation on Lance Armstrong is now the head guy for the UFC mm. um, and has cracked way down. And I think, you know, that competitive advantage, if you're all juiced up and you could kill somebody in the ring, right, or in the cage. But in these other sports, man, hit if you're, if you're playing 162 games in baseball or you're riding for three straight weeks in this and your back kills, your knees kill and all that, man, a shot of cortisol... Doesn't seem like a big deal, doesn't it? You know, a, a little human growth hormone or to put some extra oxygen in my blood. 
Well, I, when you have reached a level where the difference between the top competitors is so minute and seconds. minuscule, and you are killing yourself to simply augment your performance, that hair, you know, of, of a raisin, you know, of performance, the temptation for grabbing for any advantage you can get, like you said, the moral ambiguity, I'm sure it's much easier to justify. And I'm not trying to justify breaking rules. I hope the listeners aren't misinterpreting what I'm saying. All I'm saying is any advantage you can get in your life when a lot is on the line, people have a natural propensity to explore it. You got to understand if this was when you said that most elaborate doping scheme in sports history, that, that does that, that tells me it didn't start right there with him. He was just the end of it. He's the one that modified it in a way to where it was so ridiculous that, that it brought the whole thing down. In a sport, if it's pure and all the athletes are competing and there's one dude, just one guy cheating, the whole sport would be like, nah, you're out of here, Jack. It's that and the other. But if it's – and that's the crazy thing about those guys is they're so in, intense. I mean, he was winning all the way up to the – and then when the Tour de France and you get in there and that competition keeps changing hand over fist, you get older, but you want to still ride. There's a, a hundred million things that goes into an athlete's head to stay relevant. If I can't beat these guys the way I'm, I should be able to with just my normal uh, human body, yeah. but they're beating me because they're on a little something extra, well, then let's just see how I react on a little something extra. Well, well let me read, you saw what happened. Let me read you an interesting story by this guy, Cork Gaines, from the Business Insider. And he wrote this article on January 2nd, 2015. Let me just read it real quick, a, a portion of it. E- even after Lance Armstrong finally came clean and was banned for life from banned for, from cycling for life, many still defended the unofficial seven-time Tour de France champion. The biggest argument for Armstrong is the belief that all riders were doping. We have known for a while now that a lot of cyclists were doping. A recent breakdown of the extent of the EPO era, named for the most common drug, erythrura protein, I don't care. Which was the blood doping. The Correct. blood EPO. Shows every, quotes, Everybody was doing it, defense may not be that far off. Teddy Cutler of SportingIntelligence.com recently took an excellent and detailed look at the top cyclists from 1998 through 2013 and whether or not they have been linked to blood doping or have links to doping or a doctor linked to blood doping. During this 16-year period, 12 Tour de France races were won by cyclists who were confirmed dopers. In addition, of the 81 different riders who finished in the top 10 of the Tour de France during this period, 65% have been caught doping, admitted to blood doping, or have strong associations to doping and are suspected cheaters. And here's the big one. You ready? Drum roll, please. More importantly, for Lance Armstrong, during the seven-year window when he won Every Tour de France, 1999 to 2005, 87% of the top 10 finishers, 61 out of 70, were confirmed dopers or suspected of doping. That's the thing about competition. It was those guys who did. that pushed it and kind of took it that way. And ultimately, man, lying to your people. Man, if if you're... you're taking in the celebration and the rewards hand over fist and then you uh, you can't crap all over them well here's the deal and this is what i think is the pivotal aspect of our show and why it's so important to get him on which we will in just a second here 
but it's really the consequence he faced for living out the scandal, for living the lie, for mm-hmm. cheating as bad as he did and lying about it and lying to his friends, throwing his friends under the bus, throwing the, the people, building this whole organization, which, you know, quite frankly, Livestrong did a lot of good for a lot of people, man, with cancer, mm. but all built on this tremendous lie that he emphatically and, and demonstratively denied over and over and over again. So that's what I'm really interested to hearing about. Me too, man, because when it comes to messing with our people, you can bet any any luxury he was extended on the good side, he's going to be reaping it on the other side. Amen. Listen, everybody makes mistakes, but how much you're going to screw up is how much you're going to pay on the other end. So what do you think, gents? Do we bring Lance Armstrong on? Can't wait. Yes, sir. Wizard. Drum roll, please. All right, now our, our guest knows what it's like to pay, man, because this guy absolutely understands how much it sucks when you're getting hammered. Not only when you're getting hammered physically, but when you're getting hammered mentally, when you're getting hammered emotionally, when you're just getting hammered. And he's got the grit and the determination to fight through all of it, brother. All of it. There is no quit in this this cat there is no quit in no matter what and all you got to do is just go back and look at the fact that cancer couldn't kill him the tour couldn't kill him and the then basically the world can't kill him and because he's coming back with a vengeance because you know what he is he's a never quit son of a bitch and that's what i love about this guy what do you think dude i've, I've been waiting a long time for this in 05 when i was in the hospital right oh. when they pulled me out right some of the teammates they they went and found him while he had that teammate hat on during that press interview yeah that's all i watched while i was recovering in there so uh and he blew it out of the water that year yeah, awesome, he did. Man. It was so awesome. The, the motivation is absolutely correct man and it, it came at a perfect time for me so i've been excited uh-huh. to, awesome to so what do you say what do you say gents let's bring him on let's bring mr Dever quinn on here he is ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages mr lance armstrong lance so grateful that you're on the show brother thank you thanks for having me Awesome. Awesome. Now, here's the way we start out, man. We got to get loosened up. We got to get limbered up. We got to warm up a little bit, especially because nowadays we've been blowing up so much. Our gray matter's a little mushy. So what we do is we do this fun little thing called the Mad Minute. And the Mad Minute is just a rapid fire series of questions at you. And your first thing that pops into your head, no matter what, just shoot it out. First answer. You understand how this is going to roll, brother? I understand, but I, I just want to. I just want to uh, say that uh, this that bullshit about needing to warm. I mean, I just listened to you for three minutes. That, you don't need to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. You're going. You're going a hundred miles an hour. I mean, what? What are we gonna do? Go five hundred now? <laughs> well, that's the, that's the plan. That's the plan. These that, rabbit we got, holes. We got, you know the deal. You can't leave it at one speed. You got to ratchet up to the next and the next. That's awesome. All right, all, all, right, right. I got you. all right, Marcus, fire away. Should Texas be its own state? 
Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> what I was, I was like, Wait a minute. that didn't even make sense when I said it. He was a little confused <laughs> on that. Like, <laughs> 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 the trick I, thought, I thought we, uh, I thought we took care of that yeah. about a hundred, you know, whatever years ago. <laughs> You know you're going to get crucified for that one, Morgan. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Should a hearse carrying a corpse be allowed to drive in the carpool lane, yes or no? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I so, so should a pregnant lady. <laughs> Great Absol- answer. Absolutely. Dude, Didn't I always, think of that one. I always go back what to the What about schizophrenics? I always... Oh, that's a whole next level, dude. If you're schizo, well, how many personalities would constitute one actual other? Or is it just one? That's deep. Dude, I always... And, 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 and anybody that goes through the effort of, of, of getting a blow-up doll in the back seat, or in, you know, then they get to drive in there, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, in Coronado, you used to have to come over that big bridge, and you'd go onto the island, and you had to pay a toll. Well, it was notorious. Like, you hadn't gotten your stripes... At the team, unless you've gotten busted for a mannequin in your passenger seat, all dressed up in your Bud's uniform. Military <laughs> uniform. <laughs> all right, all right, Nate, all right, my question. Here we go. Here we go. What is the greatest sporting event that has ever taken place in the history of mankind? Massive question. Oh, God. Heavy. Uh, you know... Uh, I mean, obviously, I think the Tour de France is, is a pretty special sporting event just because of its history and its difficulty. But there's, but there's an event. That you, you, I'm sort of making this up, but uh, there's an event at Indiana University called the Little Five Hundred, and there was yeah. a movie made about it called Breaking Away a long, long time ago. One but, of my favorite movies of all I, time. Yeah, and if you every American sports fan should go to to. Bloomington and watch the little 500 at least once. It is so fucking epic. The way the procession, the way they come in, the, just the way the race, it goes down, the crashes. I mean, it is, it is one of the coolest events to watch live that I've ever seen. I love it. I never would have guessed that. I gotta that check answer. that out. Dude, I, I remember love, that movie though. Dude, Dennis Quaid, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. One of his best movies all I'm, time, bro. All right, shoot. Fire away. All yeah. right. What was hmm. Who has the best man cave you've ever been in? Ooh, the best man cave. You know, uh, nobody, <laughs> most people listening aren't going to know him, but my, my business manager has, he, he was real sneaky about it. He built out this man cave that I just thought he was like storing his bikes and shit in there and had his work stand. But it, it is, it is so dope. This thing, I mean, with between bikes and alcohol and TVs and, you know, he's probably got some magazines in there. I don't know what else. But, uh, <laughs> old school, it, baby. If old school man cave. If you're ever in uh, Austin, I'll shit. It's out. It's like outside, underneath the house. We don't even need to go in. We'll just walk around and go. Just, just <laughs> do our thing. Awesome. If we get by, I was like, I just had to see this. Yeah. Right? Hey man, don't mind thing. us. Yeah. Don't mind us. We're just here to see your man cave. <laughs> All right, wizard, All right. fire away. Yeah. All right, Lance, if you had to dedicate your life to becoming world champion of one of the following, which would you choose? If you need explanation, just ask. Chess boxing, number one. Number two, cheese wheel chasing. Or number three, shin kicking. These are all actual sports that exist in the world. 
Well, the th- the third one I can figure out. The the <laughs> one and two chess boxing and cheese will chase. I, I need to, I need a little detail on that. All right. Chess boxing. Chess boxing consists of 11 rounds where the competitors alternate between one round of chess, one round of boxing, one round of chess, one round of boxing. Cheese wheel chasing is based on a very large hill where they take a large wheel of cheese, approximately 18 inches in diameter, throw it down the hill, and people chase it. The first one to reach the bottom wins. And that's a Shin tough kicking ball. is simply kicking each other in the shins until someone quits. <laughs> Jesus. Ow. Well, I, I can tell you right now, number three, I'm out. I mean, there's no way I'm, I'm, I, I'd do anything horrible. to not be doing that. But, I can hate this. Yeah, that's, that's just horrible. And uh, number one, I don't know how to play chess, so I'm out on number one. I guess, it, and, and I'd rather just run. I mean, I can fucking run downhill. I'm, I'll be number two. Cheese chasing. There you go. That, that, that is the next I, world but, championship for you, Lance. I love the process of elimination. By the way, I, I saw somebody sent me this post on Instagram the other day, and this is it must be real. And you guys, I'll send it to you later. But it's 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 like a it's like a blindfolded hundred meter dash. Have you seen this? No, no. that's brilliant. Yeah, oh, okay. So they, this, yes. And this, so they have all the stands and shit on the side, and one of the dudes <laughs> you see him coming, like he's veering off, he's veering off, and he just. He runs head first right into the stand. Like it's- <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I need to see that. You got to send it. That's oh, awesome. God. All right. All right. As the former future world champion in cheese wheel chasing, your next question is, <laughs> what is your favorite thing to watch with your kids? Like Saturday morning cartoons like us when we were kids. But what is your favorite thing to watch with your kids? Well, I, it's a tough answer. I have five kids, so you know they're all they're all the way from eight to eighteen, and uh, um, you know, the, the, as you know, this younger generation, all they watch is YouTube. You can't get them to sit down and watch TV. They just look at their iPad and watch YouTube. It's crazy. Mm. Well, you know, my boys, they love football. We sit around and just watch football. Uh, my sixteen-year-old twin girls don't want to talk to me ever, so it uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what they watch. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, you know what I do love though. I love we, just down the street here at the Bob Bullock uh, Texas History Museum. They have an IMAX, so I like I do like taking the kids over there. And that IMAX shit, especially in 3D, is, mm. is epic, super, super cool. cool. Although I, I will also say, last weekend, my wife and my eight-year-old were gone, so I was just here with my seven-year-old, and we had a date set up to go watch this thing. And she, last minute, she's like, "Eh, I don't want to go." <laughs> totally stood up. You got totally. stood up on your da- on a date, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. right? I, I've got two little girls. I've got a seven and a five year old Lance, and and right now I am immersed in My Little Pony. It's my own torture, I think, from all my years of of whatever. But it's coming true. <laughs> I got a wide spectrum like that too. It's, I got football, Princess Bride, and Lonesome Dove. They'll all stick around for those. <laughs> Other than that, it's I just love like that. He said. I love the fact that your five year old watches Lonesome Dove. That's my favorite. It, All right, last question. Go ahead, Marcus. All right, brother. Your favorite place to relax? Uh, on the golf course. Cool. Yeah, I love golf too, man. It is the most relaxing. I mean, if you could play any sport, right? You get to travel, see beautiful scenery. Weather's usually golf, always going to be good, golf. right? Some semblance of shape. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, he's trying to kill you, kick you in the nuts or anything like that? Kicking <laughs> the shins, chasing cheese. Yeah, chasing cheese down like there. Yeah, golf is the, is the dream sport, especially if you're just doing it relaxing. All right, that is the Mad Minute. 
Lance, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Now, you're warmed up. I'm warmed up. Everybody's warmed up. But the reason why you're here, obviously, is is for your incredible story and stories of life. And that's why listeners were so blessed. They come to our show because they're, they're, they come because they're all in their own struggle, as we all are in this whole world, facing our greatest fears and trying to overcome the obstacles that are that feel like the, the weight of the world are under us. And we have the great blessing to be able to deliver some of the most incredible stories that exist out there. So without further ado, Lance, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners? So, you know, I mean, I kind of have three of them, right? I mean, it, it, it for the first 25 years of my life, you know, it was, it was pretty chill, primarily, you know, tension free or, or, or conflict free until 25, I'm diagnosed with very advanced testicular cancer that spread to my abdomen, you know, 10 tumors in the lungs and two oh. spots in the brain. So that, that was the first time where I was like, in my life, I was like, wow. Mm. All right. So this is, this is what resistance feels like. And <laughs> I'm going bore you with the, how the whole thing went down, but it was, that was the, the moment that it really, obviously, I mean, obviously you're, I was faced with a 50, 50 chance of survival and, and, but it did changed me forever. And, and, and in a lot of ways, good. And a lot of ways, not so good. And, um, so that was, that was a big one. Uh, and then a couple of, you know, a couple of years later after that, I was, I was back on the bike, back in the sport and, and back in the tour and uh, as an athlete, the disease and, and going through that completely changed the way that I viewed training and racing and competition and competitors. And, and it, most of it, again, most of it good. Some of it not so good. I mean, I came back, it was, it was cancer is a life and death scenario and, and sports isn't, but I viewed, I took the life or death mentality into sports. Right. And so, um, Winning was surviving and, and losing was dying. And that's, you know, while some fans like that, you know, it's, you have to remember that, you know, you're, you're also dealing with people. Right. And so that was sort of fucked up. That's where I didn't have, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have that monitor uh, on that at the time. And, and that's where I, that's where I got in trouble. Right. And then, mm -hmm. And then the third part is, is, or the third struggle is, is really just been the last five years of my life, which have, has just been a colossal meltdown uh, in many ways. And when I say meltdown, I mean uh, socially, financially, uh, uh, in the publicly in the press, et cetera. What to do is, is use to pull off those first two experiences and, and, and try to help those two help me and my family because they're all in, we're all in this together navigate through this this shit storm right and so um mm -hmm. you know i think people show up in my house you know from that i hadn't seen in years or whatever or, or meet me out somewhere and they're like well i'll probably find them curled up in in the corner <laughs> somewhere just just you know tripping out and and, mm -hmm. and they don't right i mean i'm not that isn't my mo i'm not a quitter i'm not a crier and, and, uh, you know, I'll fully, um, confess to all of my faults, but fuck it, man, you got to move on and you got to move forward and, and, um, you know, get on and get over it. 
Well, and that's what I think is so phenomenal about you. Um, like we 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 just had Bernie Carrick on uh, the other day, and and he he has a, a story that's similar to yours. He has this incredible rise to the pinnacle of 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 servitude and the you know the police commissioner uh on uh, new york city and then he moves into almost um, being nominated as director of homeland security then he gets hammered with this tax evasion and has to do time and comes back from and now is coming back from that and and all on the world stage very all on very the world public. stage which is and and you know that was in in what i love about your openness and honesty and, and and I highly recommend anybody that's listening to go back and listen to all of Lance's most recent interviews because they're really profound is your spectrum of awareness in what never quit is and how it can be used again and again but morphing into the the relevant situation that you're in so what I if we could for a second can you go back to that life and death awakening because this is something we talk a lot about as for you know former seals and guys that dealt with that you know what we were willing to do in terms of the spectrum of morality you know is we push those boundaries because it was life and death and can you go back to what it's like to be told that you might die and how that changed your perspective for a little bit well you know unfortunately a lot of people are in that situation every day. And, and, and even more unfortunately, a lot of them are on the bad side of the scenario, which is 1500 Americans a day die from the disease. So it's, it's crazy. The numbers staggering. Um, but when I, so I, you know, in that situation, you know, obviously you're like, Oh, well, fuck. I didn't plan for this. I don't even know what, I don't know. No, no, I don't even knew anybody that had cancer. What? I, don't, what? I mean, you can't Google anything. You, <laughs> so you're not, I mean, this is in 19, 1996. I mean, right. there, there was no mm-hmm. WebMD or Google. You're like, I, can, I was like taking pamphlets and flyers from the doctor's office. I'm like, no, oh, this, wow. this is what? Yeah. Think, think about that. Like nowadays you'd run your ass home, get on your computer and you'd have, you know, millions of pages of information. And so this was just different. And which just basically is a, is a, another way of saying it was, I was just confused. And so, but the moral of the story is what I then set out on this path and process to, to try to find the best care possible to find the best doctors, the best nurses. And, uh, you know, so I just, I mean, I was here in Austin, um, Felt like I needed to, in the mid-90s, Austin was not the city it is today, and medical facilities weren't what they are today, and so I, I knew I had to leave. So I headed over to Houston, consulted with Indy Anderson, and then, you know, heard about a doctor at Indiana University, Larry Einhorn, who had really pioneered the cure for my disease, and I, so I, I literally flew from Houston straight to Indianapolis, met with him and, and, and his team, because it was going to require you know, not just oncologists, but surgeons and nurses. And, uh, I, I got a good feel off him. And I said, I said, I'm not leaving. I just, I literally stayed in Indiana wow. for, for, you know, for the, you know, the entire time I was being treated. And the, the point is that I knew that it was a coin toss if I lived or I died. Right. Right. But I knew, I also knew that if I was going to die, 
that I was going to die at peace, that I had done every, you know, I had researched all of my options. And so if, if at that point mm-hmm. it didn't work, well, it, it just, obviously I'd be sad. My friends and family would be sad, but I was going to go out knowing that I did everything I could. And, you know, I would have no doubts. I would have, I wouldn't be sitting here going, well, gosh, maybe I, maybe I should have gone and consulted with that other doctor or that other right. doctor or that, you know, clinic. Or I was like, fuck it. I'm going to die knowing that I, I gave it everything I had. That's huge. Hmm. That's huge. And, and that moment of death, that awakening of effort, right? The important stuff, everything comes crashing down right inside of you. You got to, it's kind of the defining moment. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys know it better. You guys know it better than, than all of us. I mean, than, you know, than athletes or people like me. I mean, I, even the other day I had Dakota Meyer on my show and, and, you know, he was talking about that day in Afghanistan and he said, I mean, this is what he says. And I, I have no reason not to believe it. He said, I didn't, um, I didn't think I was going to die. I knew I was going to die. I mean, somebody says that. That's some <laughs> shit right there. I and mean, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you said it earlier. I don't mean to go back to this, but it's kind of one of them deals when you're like, hey, look, man, I got I got sick. And, and what pushed me was to get back up on the bike. And if you're following me on this and help me out, I'm yeah, like, I got I've been sitting on this for a second. I want to say this to you, man. You know. As Americans, this country's great. Look, you took a dump, right? We all did that. We we take a, every now and again, we'll step back into it by accident. And that's what you did. You took, you know, you shit, took, stepped in it, but you drug it around the house a little bit, right? And, and we all yep. do that. We all make mistakes, man. And when you're competing at a level that, that you were, and I always thought about this. I was like, man, look, all he started out was, damn, riding that bike, right? He wanted to win. Then he got, he got cancer. In order to stay alive, he had to ride that bike. And then overcoming the cancer and then winning you d- developed this world that wasn't even the one you wanted to start with curing cancer live strong that freaking bracelet got me out of where i was at right i wanted one of those yellow bracelets so damn bad you couldn't find them <laughs> and then you got <laughs> you got hit all right you got hit hard and now you're down i've been waiting to see and i have been seeing what kind of champion you really are it's, on the bicycle that was man that was a road race but if you got that warrior spirit inside of you, man. Hell it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those, somebody asked me this a long time ago, if, if they were born or if they were made. And I think we're born, and then your life dictates what kind of warrior you're going to become. Yeah. And as you get, I mean, mm-hmm. you, God damn, man, you have to do everything you can to, to stay on that bike so you will survive to keep your family alive and then everybody who's depending on you, right? And it's, it's you don't think about the existential stuff because, man, I just have to stay on this bike to survive. and. I get that, man. I had to draw a line and crawl to it, and that's all I had. When when you're in that world, that's all that exists. It's not personal. I, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm here for a reason to and, live. Yeah, to live. Because you got hit in in the public, and those of us who you know thrive in the public, if you fail in it, it's just it's it's equal. Just on the other side of it. <laughs> you know, I caught myself. I was on uh, Dave and I's mutual friend Aubrey's show the other day, and you know, I had this this uh, this comparison between lamenting and learning, right? Yeah, so it's, I, mean, I will never, I, I don't lament, right? And and I don't always learn, but if I have, if at least I didn't in the past, I think now I've, I've kind of figured that part out, but um, there's no, this just doesn't, and by the way, too, I mean, for a father with young, healthy, energetic kids, like they, I gotta be, like in their eyes, and by the way, they, they are well aware of everything. 
in their eyes, I got to be the man, you know, I got to be awesome. energetic and, and, and inspiring and, and fun and, you know, fucking run around and, you know, do stupid shit like I do every day that, that they laugh at and their friends laugh at. Like that's, that, that's, that's a champion responsibility. Does. It's that, it's, yeah, you you were down and now you're back up and the kids are everything, right? It changes the whole well, dynamic. Focus is your whole right? world. Yep. It has to. Well, Lance, one of the things, obviously, you, you have this existential moment of your own mortality smack you in the face. Then all of a sudden, like you said, you shifted that mindset to where the win at all costs became that driving focus. And, and, and you know, I've gone back and I've read a truckload of the, the recent articles about the magnitude. And, and I know you will never say this. You'll never be the guy that comes out. But there was, what, 87% of the guys that were in top 10 finishes of the years you want were all either admitted doping, they were part of the doping, they participated in doping. So it was it was across the, the entire spectrum of the sport. So what we have to do at some point say is the, the, the effort and the work that went in on that playing field was was substantial and and not only did you win the tour de france but you won it seven times in in that, <laughs> that's crazy right i mean seven oh, times man right. and so what i want to what i'd like to see is to give your perspective on the flip side of the never quit mindset that mindset where you know where where you have that per, that constant front sight focus where you have just the unrelenting drive to win. What is that space like and, and why can it be detrimental? Well, it's, it's, it is, it's an advantage when, I mean, you can break it all the way down to, uh, to the, to the second, right? So if you're out, let's just say your training day was a five hour day that included, you know, five, 10 minute max efforts or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, and you, you know, that's where an athlete or a person, you know, they either, they either give it their all or they just kind of go through the motions. Right. And so that's, that, that's all about intensity and commitment. And, and in that set, you know, all the way down to that specific interval, it's advantageous. And then, you know, you get to the race, you're looking around your competition, your drive and, and intensity is, it's advantageous there. But when you get off the bike and say, for and this is, I'm just telling you exactly what I did. I mean, you go into a press conference, some journalist asks you some question like, and you're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you? Like, are you, you trying to take me on? Right. Are you really trying? And hmm. I mean that, and then, and then, a you know, a teammate leaves the team and, and, uh, you know, s- starts accusing you or starts saying something. And you're like, are you really, you want to fuck with me? And and so then that becomes a fight. Like those are all, I mean, all that shit was so ill advised that I mean I just set myself up for for exactly what happened. And by the way, while we're at it, I wouldn't change a goddamn because <laughs> the way I walk around now is exactly the way that I want to walk around. And 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 when I'm and what I mean is that I needed this. Like I was a a, a fucking raging. Um, asshole that thought he was completely untouchable. I feel and, that. And if it didn't happen, there's no telling what I'd be doing right now. It would not be healthy. Mm. It wouldn't be what 
a father of five should be doing. It wouldn't be what, uh, what a husband should be doing. I mean, it was, there was no boundaries. And so this shit came along. And at the time I was like, well, this is bullshit. This, this ain't fair, but you know, said all this and felt it. Well, you know what? I've lived with it and I've, and I've, uh, I gained a lot of context and, and, uh, perspective on, on what went down. And I mean it, I wouldn't change a, a damn thing. Lance, from what you're saying, um, this really reminds me of something that we deal with in our community and that's the Amen. ability to, to turn it off. <laughs> <clears throat> that's the ability to turn it off. And, um, I'm curious looking back now or from what you've learned in this process, what, advice would you give as far as learning how to do that, recognizing that you're doing it wrong uh, to somebody in whatever field they're in where this applies? I mean, the similarities are eerie. And it doesn't have to be me. It could be any athlete, right? And, and, and shit. I mean, my, my, arguably my story was much easier to transition because I had, I had really had two sports, quote unquote, I had cycling and then I had cancer, right? So I was, Liv Strong was cranking. We were raising money. We were helping people. We were saving lives. We were creating awareness. And we were doing a lot of great stuff. So I, I had that to go funnel my energy into, right? Most athletes are most warriors, soldiers, service members. They don't have, I mean, we just, before we started, we were talking about Tim Kennedy. Fucking Tim Kennedy is re-enlisting. Like, he's a, he's a war hog. I'm like, Tim, what are you doing? Like, you know you can't do this when you're 80. Yeah. But... That's not, that's, that, that doesn't mean anything coming from me because I've never been there and I've never felt what that's like and felt what, you know, what it's like to come home to Texas or Connecticut or wherever you got to go home. And all of a sudden you're going from a hundred miles an hour to, to seven mm-hmm. and you're like, this sucks. Yeah. And so, <laughs> man, I, it's a, it's a very, you see it a lot in sport. I mean, every day you read about it, you, you watch it, dudes come home, like athletes, when they're at the top of their game, that A, they're making a lot of money, B, chicks are everywhere, C, you don't ever have to wait for a table, D, everything's free, and then seemingly overnight, all of those things reverse completely. Wow. And dudes, dudes just, they go off the rails. They're like, whoa, what? What happened to the hot chicks? What happened to the, I got to wait in line. I got to wait for a table. Are you like, it's, I got to pay for shit. Like it is, you know, you know, who's doing it. You know, who's doing an interesting thing on this is Nate Boyer. So he's Nate. I don't know if you guys have followed Nate Boyer's story, but he's actually carrying up athletes and you guys to, to, to train together and do stuff together just to kind of, just to ease that transition for, for both parties. Oh, no. I, 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 a few years back, the Miami Dolphins brought me in to do a speech about that with their players. And they had just gone through the Richie Incognito thing where they were really struggling with identity. And I remember they brought me in, and it was like, because my transition out of teams was abysmal. I mean, I was the guy going 100 miles an hour on the I-95 with no shirt on after drinking a bottle of tequila, hoping I died because I I had no identity, right, because of how difficult that was. And so the concept of reestablishing purpose after your world crashes in on you is perhaps the greatest challenge that we face as human beings. 
And the funny thing is we all go through it over the course of our lifetime. It's just for some of us, it's, it's coming out of the special, it's <laughs> out of the special operations for those of us that like you, Lance, it's been the biggest sports big figure in the world to being the hatest, most hated sports well, figure in the world. I, I like to have that too. And I, I may be off I'm saying this wrong, but then basically what happens is you got locked into the ride, right? I mean, that's totally the training we go through is not that much different than, than yours in the intensity of it. Right. And it's physically and mentally, you're taking both beatings for an, for an ultimate end game. And ours is to go out and prove ourselves the same with you. And and if you got a team pushing you, like I, I know, like I, I get, you took the hit for this and you went down and you're the one suffering, but you were in a team event and the sponsors, and it's just like with us, man, you, if they're, if they see a, an animal that they can push as hard as humanly possible, <laughs> totally. they're going to do it. Right. And once you get locked into the ride, you're in there, and that's why coming off, especially for, I, we were talking about this the other day. With the first appointment into Baghdad, two days later, I was home driving, just like you were saying, right? Yeah. It's like, man, this feels weird. <laughs> it's that, and after what six, seven days, you needed to get back to the team and back into the life because the normal stuff was just as boring as all, and especially if you don't have kids or anything like oh, that. Yeah. And if with you being locked into the ride, it just wasn't on the bike, it was every table, yeah, all that stuff. So when you got off the off of it, man, it, it all went away. It came crashing down, and um, it's it's hard, man. It's so, hard to shift that off. So the question I got for you now, Lance, is with with the cancer, with the the, the grind to get the seven tours, with the facing your demons as publicly as any other human being in history has had to do. What are the never quit principles you adhere to? today to wake up to be a good father to be a good businessman to be a good friend to people who are still in your life i mean that's a great question i wish i could impart some uh, i'd love to say well here's number one Dan. here's number two Mark. Here's, here's number two just do this and and it's it's i don't i mean other than uh you know, just feeling a tremendous sense of responsibility to my family and to, and to do right by them. Um, it's, it's, I just, I don't, uh, you know, maybe I do, maybe I just haven't had the, the wisdom to sit down and, and crystallize those and put those down as probably, you know, I probably had to give that some thought, but I've just sort of made this up as I've gone along and, you know, and look, I haven't gone along alone, right? I mean, I, I'm not going to be some giant wuss and say, oh, I don't need any help. Like, I mean, I see a therapist. My family sees a therapist. My wife and I, see, I mean, we do, I mean, we work this shit. Like, it's not just like, Amen. oh, it'll all work. No, no, we do the work. And, and I, you know, outside of that, I sit with people that, that were fans and then hated me. And, but, you know, for whatever reason, they've come back into my world. Like, hey, I just want to have a call. And I'm go, I'll go sit through that. And let, let them just fucking just tee off on me, right? And, and that that's, has helped me. It, it's helped me understand what, because we all just kind of think about what, what we went through, yeah. what our families went through. We don't, we don't think about what John Doe went through, some dude he never even knew lived existed or, or cared about you but i tell you what you go sit with that person you let them 
you let them tell you what it was like to be a defender for so long and then to look like a total asshole at the end of it all. Well, you, you do a few of those sit-downs. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you look at things right a little differently. Humble. Humbling. What, what, I, what I love most of, about your perspective is I, I love the duality that you bring forth in the concept of process, right? And, and we understand when you talk about down to the, the second and, and that sprint or down to the second net workout or breaking down your day, your, your week, your month in terms of trying to achieve this perspective and what goes into that mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But now, man, you're in that, you're, you're regenerating a, a, a process for healing, for, for moving into a space right. of forgiveness, man, moving into a space where you can have a, 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 a perspective then now in the future where you can say, hey, when you're in front of an audience or on a podcast where you, or in front of your children, say, hey, listen, here are the things that you need to think about. These are the, the things that really stood out to me is is the your future does it look like that for you or are you still in the day the day to day are you are you you hope to build out a process like that in some capacity once again or are you just going to try and go day to day no it, it, well first of all i just want to say this cuz you you brought it up um you brought up the word forgiveness and and i'm i don't know what you're supposed to do but I will never ask for forgiveness. Huh. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to do it because I understand that that is not an option for a lot of people. And so I'm not going to sit. Th- what I will do is say, um, I get it. And, and I'm, you know, happy. I'm sorry. To, but, and if you can't come, if you can't come around, I understand that. And so uh, I'm not, so it's, it's, you're either on the team, not on the team, or you're in flux, right? It's like kind of a third, right. a third, a third, but it's not, I'm not gonna, I understand people's raw emotions too much to, to, to waste my time, their time or anybody's time. Um, you know, what you asked about David is, is, is what I call offense, right? So at what point in your life, like I was playing defense, right? Um, yeah. You know, from 2012 till however when I was just it was full defense mode, legally defensive, publicly defensive, just defense, defense, defense. and then then you're sort of then it's kind of halftime, right? And then <laughs> and then you go play and then you play offense, and so that's that's where I'm at now. It was you know look just and I'm not fucking Howard Stern or anything, but I mean. Just creating your own media channel, creating a podcast, getting out there, uh, meeting interesting people, creating new businesses, uh, traveling the world and speaking, or doing interviews. That is, now you're playing offense. Nice. Well, if you don't tell your story, somebody else is going to. If you don't get out there and, te- and open up mm-hmm. and tell people what, what's going on and, and show that you're actually trying to do that, somebody mm-hmm. else will talk for you and, and probably put you deeper in that hole. Wow. So, I mean, you doing that is it's giving people mm-hmm. a, a channel to, to get to you. And a lot of people hold on. I mean, they've, they've, they've forgiven you already. And I know you're not looking for that, but they haven't had the opportunity to, to vent to you. And when you're talking about uh, letting 
people open up and, and talk. I, we do that in my family. My, my doc gave me a great piece of advice. First time I upset my wife, he's like, just go call it to walk. Just go on a walk and let her vent and get everything out. And don't say one, not one word. Don't say one word until she gets everything out. And even when she's done talking, be like, I know there's more. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I know there's more. I got, come on. I got more thinking in my head. Come on. I know you got more. And once they, once they do what they talk about it, and they get it out in the open, and they actually air their frustrations, and they, you, know, you can sit there and look at them and have that conversation without being on the offense and, and pounding because, let's be frank, guys like us are experts at, at, at verbal assault, uh, even phys, you know, physical on top of that. But, I mean, we the mental attitude it takes because of our aggression and, and the never, never quit, always win, man, we, we can – Give somebody a verbal lashing that they're not even ready for. Right. So when you take that step back, shut your right. mouth, and listen a minute, it kind of opens Humble. up and lets people vent. I guess is a, their frustration. Yeah, you know, it lets them talk to you openly, and you're you're doing that. So what champions the, only, do. the only thing I would add, Marcus, is that you know it. Yeah, but the only thing I'd add is that is, is I agree with you that if you don't tell your story, other people will. But but if but if speaking about my situation, I mean, if I go back to 2012 and 13, I mean when. It was a book a month. There was a documentary every six months. There was a feature film. I mean, when when it's of that magnitude and the fire hose is that big, you cannot tell your story. Because no. let me tell you something: there is no there is nobody listening, and mm. so you got to just. And that's where I mean, <laughs> I did a couple of interviews, and I mean, it, it, this shit went down like a fart in church. I mean, it was like I was like, okay, I, I, oh yeah, I'm you cleared the room with it anymore. Yeah, I like I'm like I'm like I get it. All right. I got to just let this this I Wave. have to let this run its course. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, you said exactly right. You're right. Like there's no you couldn't get it out. Not with the barrage you were taking and when you start getting hit so freaking hard by every side and there is literally you can't think there's anything I mean you just you kind of settle down into your area and you just tell yourself, all right, I, this is where I'm going to start taking a pounding. And, and that's what you do, man. You just take that pounding and then the whisper turns back to your voice because eventually people are going to get, they're going to get tired of whipping on you. I mean, that's a human kind of thing. And especially if they see you coming back out and saying, yeah, you're right. Hit me, you know, hit me with all you got and you're still standing. And that's what we, hey, welcome to team. Never quit brother. <laughs> you know, cause you, you just kind of just stand there. You stood up and standing next, you'll start talking, and that's what you're doing, man. You, you build your reputation back up, not them. Well, what I love about that concept of taking the beating, and I love that you openly admit that that's what needed to happen for you personally, as well as for you know society as a whole. Um, but what I want to know, Lance, and this is I know you got to run here, this could we could wrap up with this. What is the core strength that you use to, to stand up, to take the beating? What, are the, what is the core thing that gives you the strength to take that foot, to take that step forward every single day to get back in the race, to get back in the fight? What is it? Look, it, it, it's an unfair advantage because <clears> – <throat> Most people in my situation don't have what I have. And, and that's, I knew, I mean, it's when it started, right? And, I, and then it just, it, got, it literally get, it got worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is terrible. But, <laughs> Damn, this I, but I, every day I was like, 
but this is not the worst thing to ever happen to me. Like I, I so I go back to, to 96 and, and, you know, what we all, we just talked about a little while ago, you know, I, I just used that as, as a, as a thing that reset the scale for me. I'm like, okay, yes, this completely sucks, but I have been through worse and I have survived worse. And so if I just, you know, I just, and again, it's an unfair advantage because not many people that have been publicly shamed can, can sit there and say that they can't say that they had cancer or they lost a child or they, I mean, all of the bad things that, that you know, as fathers that would just rock you to the core. Um, yeah. you know, so I just sat there and thought, okay, and, and, and I'm going to take it. And, and I know, I know that it's going to be difficult. And again, not just on me, but on my family and friends. Um, but I, I, again, I use, I, I, it's, I hear myself say this, I've drawn a lot on my cancer journey, right? I, I drew a lot on that when it came to, uh, to training and winning. And then, I, and then I went back and drew on it um, here. And then, and then the, the only other thing too, I'll say, and, and I speak about this a lot and, and it, it's very important to me is that I lost a lot of, I lost a lot of friends in this process. And when I, and I careful how I say that, because if you lose those people through this process, they really weren't your friends. Hmm. And, but what I have done in the process, which was a real surprise to me is I've gained a lot of friends. Wow. And it sucks to lose friends. It sucks to, no, it sucks to have thought somebody was your friend. And, and it turns out they weren't. And so if that's a, if, if zero is neutral, if that's a minus three, I tell you what, somebody leans into you and taps you on the shoulder and is like, man, let's go do something. I'm like, where'd you come from? They're like, dude, I love you. I've always been here. I didn't need to, I didn't need to be sipping champagne and, and getting my photo here and there, or, you know, being in LA at some rock star party. No, but I'm here right now. And so if, if losing one is a minus three, that person that taps you on the shoulder and says that, shit, that's a plus 300. And so mm-hmm. you just, those little things on a daily basis, or even a monthly, whenever, that, that kind of stuff is immeasurable. Oh, yeah. Amen. It's not that guy bailing you out of jail. It's that one in there with you. Amen. I love that point. Well, listen, Lance, uh, I'll tell you what, and I can't speak for these these two knuckle draggers, but I'll tell you what, I I certainly appreciate you. Uh, I forgive you, and and I'm just honored that you would take the time out of your day to come on our show and share the incredible, amazing, really profound perspective and wisdom that you had with our that you have with our listeners. Man, and I, I'm praying for you on your journey, and just uh, thank you, brother. It means the world to me and you guys, too, I assume. And there's so much that we, we've cracked the surface with Lance, I think. I mean, we would love to have you come back on at some point. I think there's so much more we could talk about. I'm, 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 I'm happy to. Happy to. Awesome. Hey, yeah, was just one thing before, before, before you all hang up on me is... Uh, uh, I'm going to... Marcus, so you mentioned your, your... I will never, ever, ever forget your teammates coming with the tour was in Germany oh. that, that day in 2005 and they showed up and uh, they gave me a hat and they gave me a, like a, a pen. It's big. It's like a pen. It's like, you know, the seal 
it's like a gold pen that's got right, like two things. Right, you know what I'm talking about. Weighs like 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've, and I, was, I mean, there are a lot of people that would make their way to our hotel rooms, and I was like, what the hell is this person doing here? Uh, but that was such a special day for me. And I'm, and so I'm going to, David, when we hang up, I'm going to text you this. I'm staring at the hat. I would never, ever, ever lose this hat. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm going to go down to my office and I'm going to get the pen. I'm going to send you the picture. Just, you can show it to Marcus, but I, stuff like that. I mean, I was given all kinds of bullshit over the years, as you can imagine, but this was some of the most, uh, my prized possession. So I, I just want you to know that, that it's, uh, I mean, moved houses a couple of times, been all over the world. I will never, ever, ever lose these two items. Ah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, it was an honor to watch you ride. And, uh, man, it's going to be an honor to watch you finish out the next part of your life as well. And, and that was, a, man, 05 was a rough year for us. Oh, man, that was, uh, that's cool that you did that, though. It means a lot. I appreciate that. So to all the guys, I know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, my brother. God bless you, and we'll see you soon, bro. All right, thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Bye. Bro. Oh, oh. Bro. <laughs> bro. 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 <laughs> All I gotta say is, holy shit. Uh, when you talk about the fall from grace, when you talk about a public shaming on the most epic of epic levels, man, that would destroy 99.9999% of the people. They would be that dude that's in... That just crawled into a hole, curled up, conditioned and black, died. Right? Conditioned black, OBE, overcoming by events, sucking their thumb in the corner. Mama. <laughs> Mama, right? That would happen. Bro, this dude is raising five kids. He's a solid husband again. He's doing the work with his counselors. He's doing the work with his friends. He's doing the work with his the people he wronged. He's doing the right. work with the, the public. <laughs> He's... He's out teaching, he's speaking, he's coming on shows to try and express his viewpoint and what it's like. Dude. And he's still not out of the woods. Oh, he's hated, man. He's hated. Not, not, not in that regard. He's still in litigation with you know, U.S. government. hundred million dollars. Right now. He's possibly on the hook for that. hundred million. They want to take his house, his every, they want to garnish his wages I can't have my wages, Garners. Remember Fletch? Nobody remembers that. <laughs> Dude, that's a Fletch reference. We haven't had one of those yet, right? And they want to garnish his wages for the rest of the guy's life. That's ha- hardcore, Marcus. What do you think? Yeah, you got one hell of a line to walk now. I, I call it the Jericho Mile. Yeah. No, you're right, man. I mean, remember back in the day when he was just cleaning that? I mean, man, man of the year, athlete of the year. Bro, he hung Beat out cancer. with Clinton, Obama, Bushes. I mean, this dude was the biggest sports figure, one of the biggest figures, entertain whatever you want, celebrities well, in the world. You find out what a man's really made of, right, when you jerk everything away from him. Take it all. Uh, That's an axe, I believe. Uh, just the, uh, <laughs> take, all the white noise is gone. It's kind of, 
one of them deals like, hey, man, you better hope all the skills and everything you possess is inside. Like when you're standing in front of the mirror naked, are you worthless or, you know, is there a, is there a, is it inside? Is the value inside yourself and not hey, what man. you own? And the, the temperament and the mindset, they can't quit. Got a family just like you couldn't, couldn't quit on that bike. He's not going to quit now. Well, here's the interesting thing, and this is something I want to ask the two of you. That existential reality where, like, I'm going to die right now. Oh, that it, sucks. It, and, and what it does to your frame of reference, right, of what's important. It's singular. Man, when, you know, you, when, the, when you get down to that level, brother, man, I, we, with Laura, we talked about that. Yeah. It's, it, it's breathing. Right? One breath. One breath. A uh, leg, right? Yeah. One breath. It's man. a moment that's completely free of other distractions. Like that's said, genius. It's probably one of the purest moment ever. It's a full concentrate. You are fully engaged in that moment. Of your own humanity, right? Life. Yeah. That, I guess that, that's the literal life flashes before your eyes. The one you're living and the one that the path that you have to walk to, to, to get out of there, you have no idea what's ahead. Everything's been shifted. I mean, you're, you're going down on one thing, and you can actually see the future, right? That's yeah. when you start sh- focusing on your star and nothing else around it. You get blinded by that light, reach out, and you grab, and you fall, right? Well, in so many other activities you're involved in, you can be distracted to some degree or another thinking about other things. But in that, and it's probably part of your just deeply embedded reptilian brain survival mechanism, you're just all in on that moment to get Hell, through to, that man. moment to survive it. Right. That's probably where that comes from. All right. You're ready. Exactly. Now, I, I, and I don't know if you guys have been through, I don't think we can even fathom the magnitude of his mm-hmm. fall from grace. You, you can't even, unless you've been so. in that. So let's just, let's, let's <laughs> ponder it a little sure. bit. Let's ponder it from the outsider's perspective. All right. And let's go. All right. Is the moment when all of a sudden he went from he was fighting, 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 fighting. They stripped him of his titles. The report comes out and he's he he says, all right, I'm going to admit it the next day. And boom. Is it a similar feeling, do you believe, than the feeling he felt when they looked at him and said, you got a 50 50 shot of living or dying? No, no, it's not the same. No, because he lost in one day. He lost seventy five million dollars in one day. He went from the world's most. Well, by then it would fell a little bit from grace, but he was still holding on. There was, you know, yeah, but that's all existential stuff, man. It's kind of one of those you can make that back. Your life flash something on the inside, right? It's kind of beating at you and, and tearing you down, and you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, at least in this the other fight, and you can see and and uh, there's rules, <laughs> right? Basically, everybody's suing him and coming after him. There's rules in, right. involved with that, and and it, to take the stress off of the individual, I would imagine and, and, exactly. And I think just to to further expand on that, he could see the one coming from you yeah. know a, a, a ways off. He knew he it was inevitable. Where the other one is? Did, did, did we? Did he talk right about there. that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like jumping, out of a, jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, oh, like, the anticipation, right? Hey, dude, he, just, he just texted that right oh, awesome. there, bro. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. I'm staring at a text from Lance. He just texted us after he hung out. 
of the hat, oh, the Team Ted hat, the trident, <laughs> and the pack. About, it's this big thing. This, this giant, big, ridiculous. Big. Oh, yeah, that's the trident. <laughs> <laughs> this giant, ridiculous. Navy band. Yeah, yeah, right. This gaudy. So great. You know, oh, you, know, you know what I thought? He said he had a ne- he had he had an unfair advantage of being able to look back. This is when he was going through the whole public, you know, fall from grace. Being able to look back and rely on his never quit experience of the cancer, and him saying that that was something that was kind of unique to him. I think people are in, are in one of two situations: a, you've never been through a never quit experience, of which when you're in the middle of it, you can say, "Well, once I make it through this, then I will have something to le- to to lean on." in the future uh-huh. right or you've been through that and you lean and you have something to lean back on well check I, it out you you can't take that away from him you you no. can't remove a life and death situation that you can't remove that no matter how, like all the sponsorships the bicycles the houses and all all those kind of good memories you have can actually be overshadowed like if he, for instance his friends right he was best friends and then they, they, they left that cancer man you, you can't steal that from him that's one of those grounded pillars you can reach to uh, like I've, always I've, yeah, to, always to, to, to a starting block yeah right it's not a setback at the starting block that's exactly oh. what i'm saying the, yeah. the importance of having that right well right. here's 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 what i believe right i believe every single person in, on the planet has some never quit story right is is it is it as substantial as sure. facing cancer maybe not but is it is it substantial as facing the gunfire from someone who wants to kill you? Maybe not. But there's something we all go through, whether it's a yeah. broken home, whether it's uh, being uh, raped or tortured or mentally abused growing up, whether it's growing up in poverty, whether it's uh, being it's being. Uh, you know, in a horrific relationship or turned down or... It doesn't have to be things that big. It can be simply a minor injury that you that you received and it was it was kind of difficult to get through, but it's not worth something you'd brag about. It, they don't have to be these large events. At all. They don't. And they build on each other, I think. That's what... That's what... Lance, brother, thank you so much for saying that's exactly what Lance is saying. They mm-hmm. build on each other. And it's funny, we, they don't build on each other in terms of the, the perspective of, oh, through our successes, we enhance them and they make us better and all this. But it's typically, we build on them through our failures, through our tragedies, through our right. hardships. And look at him, cancer, right? Climbing to the top <laughs> of the future and right. then shattering. Freaking memoir is going to be epic. Brother! And it's now building back again, uh, trying to reestablish in his in his sphere of influence, his world, his the immediacy of the world, the people that truly love him. Because what is the greatest what 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 is the greatest starting block that we have for our self worth, for our self, our, our relevance, is how others love us. Family, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. That's how we gauge our relevance in this world and he has that man you can't take that away well you you gauge your relevance off of your value to your people and right not existent money all that can go away and when it does i mean are you still as valuable as you were with all that has any of his teammates said what it was like going through all that oh yeah there's been huge no not just i'm not talking about bashing them and doing all that i'm talking about the behind the scene the drive like he come in there's like 
you know, losing had to completely go out of the mindset. We, we can't do this. And his drive is like, to pull those guys. I'd like to know what it was like for them. Well, the, I, there's this quote. That definitely goes, would have pushed the bar up there. I know, I know what you're saying. Right? Well, you're, you're, you go as you're, fast. Yeah, you, you, you're just going to ask. I mean, some of them guys by nature, it, no matter. Can't that you require keep the most out of yourself. Exactly. Because if you don't That's have what it. Those I mean, people at, around you do. Because they had to go through all that as well. Not only did they have to ride, but they had to deal with all that other stuff, man. Pressure. The pressures on them is oh, bro, probably greater, I, right? They I had to keep the secret. I, I'll never forget my my CEO at Team One came in one time, and there was a, 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 a Liberty incident that had popped up, and we were getting... No. We, yeah. We, was, we were getting lectured. The team was getting lectured by, I forget who it was. I think it was our command master chief at the time. And then all of a sudden, the, the CEO walked up, and we're all like, oh, this dude's going to crush us. He's going to shut us down, right? No fun one. And, and he gets in there, and he says, listen, gentlemen, if there's anything I've learned in all my years in the teams is you can't feed a tiger milk. Mm. <laughs> Don't be dumb. That is all. And, and so my, my, my point of telling that is when you're in the fight, you're going to do anything to win a fight, right? And, 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 and people all, that, all the time ask, we, ask me about that moral ambiguity that exists within the special operations world. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, to imagine that you, at some point, can live a holier-than-now life, a truly righteous life, is just inaccurate. We're sinners, man. We, we all can be pulled to one side or the other based on— That's called life. You right? Gotta, you got to walk down a path. You can, if you stand in the middle, you ain't going to go nowhere. And then everybody else will be writing your story. <clears throat> you can't make any mistakes unless you get out there and try. Exactly. And you can make some monumental ones. I mean, he did. He took a dump, dude. He stepped in it and drug it around the house. And uh, that was my favorite of the whole fight. Yeah, the man. Whole you, thing, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, not, not, on top of that, he was blaming everybody else for bringing the dog shit in the house, right? Kind <laughs> <laughs> of crazy when you look down and you see it's on your foot, right? <laughs> oh, I'm God. just laughing because that was... What a great analogy you chose to use. It's a perfect analogy. <laughs> Texas. Yeah, I was like, I almost broke out. I was like, Marcus, did your grandfather or your dad tell Texas, you that? Yeah, one? He's a Texas boy too, so I knew he'd he get got it. it. Well, listen, if you're, if you, if this is your first time listening to the show, man, what a treat! What what a outstanding experience. Hopefully that was for you. And and we just the three of us want to thank you. I mean. Thanks for coming. If you want to know more about us, go to our website at tnqpodcast.com. Follow us on social media uh, and just join us, man. And and if if you're back for more, man, you just got another doozy. Please get out there. Tell all your family and friends, especially those people that you know and care about, love most, who are in a never quit moment, who are in a moment potentially of shame Man, or, or you know what? Have them listen to Lance's show. Or, or better yet, maybe you reach out and give them a second chance and say, you know what? Hey, I forgive you. Here's, this, here's, here's a show I want you to listen. Let's get through this. Because that's ultimately what I took away from the show is that we're not perfect creatures and, and we need help. So, uh, and, and also, if you're out there and you're part of our community, 
we just want to say, hey, bravo, Zulu, on writing in and, and, and sharing your never quit stories with us. Please continue doing that. We're, we're desperately trying to get through as many of those as possible, get them up on the website, and, and to create this, this community where we're all connected through the pain of our own struggles. Because that's really the component of the human condition that crosses cultural barriers, that crosses where, you know, race and, and gender and all those things is that we all live together in the beauty of pain. And so what we try to do is help bring everybody together within that pain. Now, We've really, we're really accumulating some great stories on there. And and those all, really we're, we're, we're really working hard. Go to the website again, under the stories part. You'll find the stories section. It's on the, on the homepage. You click on there, you'll go deeper, and you'll just find experience and advice. It really is Motivation, amazing. inspiration, all of that. So please share the website with your friends. Share, and if you don't know how to subscribe to us, go to your iTunes podcasting app on your phone. Type in Team Never Quit. It'll pop right in. Press subscribe, and man, then you can listen to us while you're on the bike of death, while you're running your marathon, while you're at work, while you're driving through traffic, while you're getting hammered, or whether, you know, you, whatever you're doing in life, you can have us on repeat and just go through, And because I'm sure, I'm 100% positive that there is a, 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 a show for you. Definitely. <laughs> Again. There is a show for you that will get you fired up and get you back in a fight. Yeah, you'll be so blessed. You can listen to Dave more than uh, we we have the, the your alarm clock. <laughs> ringtone. You, you really, know what we ought to really do is do to. a little little ringtone for people. Wake up a ringtone, Dave ringtone collection. With that compilation you did, I played that for a few people, and it was made people cry. It was perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. All right, listen. I, f- I want to thank God. I want to thank Christ. I want to thank my two daughters. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my friends uh, uh, who've helped me get through an incredibly difficult time recently. I want to thank Lance. Man, and, and honest God, brother, you are more of an inspiration than you know. Um, I love your humility. I love your own in it. And I also love the fact that you're on the pathway to understanding forgiveness too, brother. I, I feel you there. I also want to thank the listeners uh, because without y'all, we would be nothing. The show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't keep doing this. It's you. It's the stories you're telling us. You writing in on social media. You writing in your stories. You you reaching out and telling us the impact it's having in your life. Man, it, it is the fuel that keeps the three of us going it is the fuel that makes us feel like we're really doing something special with our lives now and to continue our service. So thank you. Uh, and I want to thank you, you, you two. Uh, without you guys being here, we couldn't do it. I appreciate you. I love you. And I thank you very much for it. And uh, just, uh, I'm blessed, man. Marcus? Oh, yeah. I can't believe that they keep bringing us back on here pretty amazing we were talking about yesterday we're walking in here right (laughs) you think someday that'll sound really unbelievable man what thank y'all so i I can sit here and thank america all day thanks for coming to get me and keeping me alive and putting food on my table always man it's it's uh man what a blessed been an honor to walk among among them right yeah man 
And Lance, brother, thanks for coming on here and, and dosing out some of that humble pie, brother. I know it's not easy, and you got a long road to hoe, but uh, back in 2005, you hel- helped me get past one of my never-quit moments, man. Hopefully, we can help you get through yours, because, uh, man, I, I think you can do it. I know you want to, and we all make mistakes. Um, those of us who try exceptionally hard get blinded by things every now and again, and it's it's, it's human, right? Kind of American thing is, no matter how high they lift you and how high they crash you down, we always expect you to get back on the bike, right? That's what we're waiting to see. And we praise you, and then we beat your ass. Now, what do you got for us? And uh, I know, man, like I said, you're going you're gonna to make it back. So thank you, brother. I'm out. Out.